Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It's true. I'm here with the pure one, the verified one, the haircutted one. That's me. Tim Geddes. Let's him host. How you doing, friend? I'm doing well. I'm Fran Mirabella, a.k.a. FM3 on Twitch. and FM3 uh, underscore. Underscore. Got to get the branding I'm, right. You, I don't like to say it as it's much horrible. as you don't like this. It's, it's horrible. horrible. We all <laughs> hate it. say it. That's the law. All right. If you don't know, you're watching Kind of Funny Games Daily live here on Twitch, hopefully, at twitch.tv slash Games, where you can watch each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Pacific time to get the nerdy news that you need to know about. Mm-hmm. That's the tagline, right? Yeah. It's Greg's tagline. He like does, it. I, my tagline is just the video game news you need oh, to know. Oh, yeah. Because nerdy, you're not a fan of I'm not of a big it. fan. I like nerd culture I'm okay sure. with, but saying things are nerdy. Eh, it's I know. But nerdy news Icky. you need is almost a full alliteration. Yeah, that's fun, too. And it's fun to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you're not watching live, of course, you can head over to YouTube.com slash games, And you can listen to us on RoosterTeeth.com. Mm-hmm. Or watch us, I should say. And listen to us on podcast services around the globe mm-hmm. by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. If you are watching live, of course, you probably know by now, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Let us know uh, what we get wrong. If we screw anything up, we will be sure to check in and set the record straight before the end of the show. Also, you can be a part of the show if you're a Patreon member. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash games, where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to talk about a lot on today's show. Actually, a pretty good lineup of news. Skull and Bones has been delayed. There's Ubisoft AAA title news coming in. We've got the Mario Maker 2 news that mm-hmm. I know you want to hear about oh, from yeah. Tim over here. He's, go. he's going to have a lot to say. I haven't even got to talk to him about it yet. And Keanu Reeves is finally coming to Fortnite. Now, I was wondering when. I was worried about it's it. It's been years that we've we've seen the John Wick skin in there, and it has not been him. Well, we've got some good news for you. First, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Is it not him? I had no idea. No, yeah, it was. They didn't officially license him, so I've got some good news for you, Kevin. <laughs> um, Spoilers: He's officially licensed. <laughs> all right, but there's more to it. <laughs> Um, all right, we got a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, the Kind of Funny Games co- Showcase is coming up for E3, right, Tim? That's mm-hmm. on uh, June 10th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Be sure to tune in. That's uh, Monday, if I'm doing my, my E3 math right, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Tons of games, over 60 games. Mm-hmm. I, I over believe. 60 games. There we're, it is. we're working on it. We got about nine more to go. Ooh, okay. It's going to be over 70 games, maybe. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I was making a 69 joke. Oh, because, see, I knew it was 63 games or something. I in there no and I'm doing trying to do too much quick maths. Um, let's see what else we got. Our Patreon producers mm-hmm. gotta thank you for supporting us. Tom Bach, hell yeah, Blackjack, mm-hmm. and Muhammad Muhammad. It's true. You know, I've never asked. Do you think these are made up names? Because they're all pretty cool. They're not. They're I've not. Met, I've met at least Tom Bach. There's like a pirate ship of awesome names. Um, yeah, exactly. The That's Patreon producer pirates. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. Thank you very much for supporting us. Coffee finally kicked in. Um, today, we are brought to you by Robin Hood and Brooklyn, and but I'll have Tim tell you about that more later. That's probably. true. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today, Kevin. A baker's dozen! First up, game delay. Going to bring us down right away. If you're looking forward to playing Skull and Bones soon, it's not going to happen this year. No one No. Nope. They said that it's going to come after this fiscal year, so we know that it's going to be after uh, March 2020 of next mm-hmm. year for Skull and Bones. Uh, that was a game that basically had been shown quite some time ago. It looked yeah, like a I quick... I want to say two years ago, we got our first reveal at Ubisoft C3 press conference, yeah. when that was the one where you are the boat. And uh, it was a little... Off-putting, where I feel like the the media at least didn't really latch onto it, and we're kind of like it was playable hey, too. I recall. I, I don't think I it think was it, the first. Maybe year. it was shown behind closed. Doors, I don't think but. it was the first year because I remember everyone was really like, "Oh shit!" Like everyone loved <laughs> Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. They yes. loved the pirate ship stuff, and it looks like they broke whole, it out a whole game of that. And then when we started seeing the gameplay, we're like, "Oh no, this looks more like a RTS style thing going on." Then yeah. the next year, last year at E3, they did a bit more of a blowout, and they showed people actually walking on piers and it's like oh okay I feel like they're starting to open it up maybe but it sounds like there was a a big issue last year with one of the creative directors leaving the project oh okay um, which kind of puts the whole project in in a bit of a disarray so I think that that's what we're seeing now I think they're kind of going back to the drawing board a bit uh, for aspects because like um, I didn't play it but from everything that I heard like it just wasn't 
wasn't really uh, hitting anything yeah. critical. Yeah, and honestly, like Ubisoft has been doing such a great job overall of just the way they've they've packaged their games. They all have a certain AAA quality feel. In fact, we're going to talk about that more. They have more AAA stuff coming, they said. But um, yeah, Skull Mountain's always felt on the edge there where it was like, well... I don't know. Is it going to be a full game? I mean, that's always at first my impression. But yeah, it was originally supposed to release um, in the fall of 2018, originally. So, I mean, we are now uh, over a year or almost a year past that. But um, anyway, we know it's going to be after March. of games at this point. It's the what? The New Mutants of games. Oh, gotcha. Yes, the New Mutants. Mm -hmm. X-Men, baby. Um, Skull and Bones. Uh, official Twitter has said this. We're going to batten down the hatches and push back on the game's arrival. This is a challenge. This is challenging news for us all, but it's what's needed to make Skull and Bones as awesome as we can make it be. Our focus remains on quality first, and we're grateful for your undying support. Um, that was the, let's see, Skull and Bones team is represented by Carl Liu, uh, and that's who uh, had helped take the Twitter with that note. But um, anyway, I'm still excited for the game. I actually, it wasn't really on my roadmap. We just did most anticipated games. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I feel like that's probably the biggest issue with it is it's very forgettable. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially for Ubisoft, who has this ridiculous stable of games that is such a a brand new IP. Uh, And and that, too, for it to kind of have not Tom Clancy's being a brand new IP and (laughs) to not light the world on fire, I think is uh, very telling. So I I think it's good for them to kind of take the time that they need to to make this right. Um, And also as a, a big fan of hype. And press conferences and stuff. I like getting this news out before E3. Let's not waste time talking at E3 with, yeah. with bad Nobody news. Nobody wants to talk about delays. Delays and things like that. So yeah. like, let's get to the good stuff. So yeah. overall, I think that this is good news. Yeah. Yeah, that being said, I mean, I am hopeful that at E3, because if it's coming out next year, I'm hopeful we get to see a good slice of it. This E3? And they, yeah. I and they think can, they said it was skipping this E3, right? Oh, uh, you know what? I think I did read that, and I yes, they said uh, let fans know that Skull and Bones will also not be at E3 2019. Oh, yeah. That's right. I yeah. forgot. I put that at the very uh, bottom in there somewhere. Um, okay. Well, there's other Ubisoft news. This was a lot of it coming out of a financial report about the fiscal year, and um, so part of Ubisoft's 2018-2019 fiscal earnings. Um, that they are on, t- uh, let's see, the company's 2019-2020 financial targets of net bookings were around 2.4 billion USD, uh, US dollars. And uh, it's going to be led, those numbers, by Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And what they said was three other AAA titles that are currently unknown. And that that is the most exciting news, that we have four AAA titles uh up through March 2020 coming from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. And we only know about one of them. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit yesterday uh, with Gary. I I feel... You didn't already cover this news yesterday, right? Uh, not this news, not but we, we covered the AAA news. The, the oh, you did? Okay. Games. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's not much there, right? That's, yeah, that's exciting that was it. news. That's all they said. Three before March 2020, like that's sizable things, especially knowing that we don't have an Assassin's Creed this year. So we got to assume Watch Dogs 3 which probably takes place in London based on all the leaks and stuff that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, is Splinter one of Cell. those. Uh, Splinter Cell is the big... Maybe. Will they, won't they? Yeah. I feel and I'm not saying that because of the leak. It's just been long overdue. We, we've exactly. said for years, and, this and is the conference we're going to see Splinter Here's Cell. the thing. <laughs> for years, there were two games that I would say that we just constantly, every time yeah, we like, do predictions, talk about. Splinter Cell and Borderlands 3. Yes. <laughs> we have Borderlands 3, so I feel like Splinter Cell is right around the corner. Yeah. Um, I, I would be very surprised to not see it at Ubisoft C3, but I feel like I've said that for a couple of years now. Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly like you just said. Having two AAA games that we we don't know what they are, um, I mean, we don't know all three, but I, I assume that Watch Dogs is one of them. That makes, um, I mean, it's. I'm not, um, I, I don't want to say fan, I just haven't had a chance to really dive into Watch Dogs. I know a lot of people like it, but mm-hmm. so for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 3, right? Yep. Um, that's going to be a big one for them. Yeah, people are super excited. The last one was in San Francisco, right? Yeah, Watch Dogs yeah. 2 in SF. What do you think the third one is? Did you have any theories? London. Huh? London is the like. Oh, no, no, no. What I'm saying, what do you think this third game, if, if maybe it's Splinter Cell and maybe it's Watch Dogs. Oh, gotcha. Did you have any speculation what, on if it's like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's see. You be like, I, what I want it to be is Prince of Persia. I was saying this to Gary oh yesterday. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, uh, out of nowhere, though, for them to announce it, I'd it's love coming that. out before next March, that would be. It would a dream be. Come it true. would be awesome. But yeah, looking at the rest of UB Stable, like, I, I don't think it's going to be the crew. We just had the crew, too. Um, yeah, oh, for though. honor would be another one where I feel like it might. Yeah, be maybe time a for, for honor, honor two. two. They've been yeah. kind of that. That's a that's a good possibility. Yeah. And again, where do you draw the line on AAA? Um, I mean, at I, this point with Ubisoft, I feel like the line is fairly clear. 
right? We got like the big budget games, and then we mm-hmm. got the smaller things like the Rayman Origins, Rayman Legends, right. uh, Child of Lights, like yeah. those type of things. What if, um, actually, it's a good point. Uh, we don't know. Do we know when BG and E is targeted for? I forget. I don't uh, know if they I don't said think they that. I even said it, but yeah, Beyond Good and Evil Two. I yeah. imagine we will see an update for at this E3. I feel like yeah, that's I think a next this is the time to title, play it. Though, oh, you think so? Yeah. Um, there was a story from uh, December 10th saying a Beyond Good and Evil 2 beta is coming in late 2019. Yeah. Now, this was as of last December. There may have been some other news. But anyway, it's exciting, though. That Beyond that Good many- and Evil, to me, has been very interesting that, because Ubisoft, every once in a while, does just post something on the blog. Yeah, and it's like, like here's a 20-minute behind-the-scenes exactly. thing. And it's like, huh, this is yeah. one of those big unicorn games. Yeah. And it's surprising that they, they talk about it in any way, even mm-hmm. if it's just small like I agree. concept art or whatever. Because that just like makes the game feel simultaneously more real and less real. Yeah, that's why I'm with you. Is that I, I don't believe for a second it would come out this year. Um, in fact, it sounds like yeah, maybe a, a beta. But I bet you it'd be who knows, maybe more of a alpha beta for lack of a better way to put it. And just mm-hmm. like that's a, a title that um, you know Michelle and Sal is working on, and it's a yeah. very artful game from the studio. Uh, I think they. They've talked. They've talked about it for a very long time, and they're going to spend the time, just like with Skull and Bones, and much more beyond that, to get it right. And so, meaning, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me evil. if it slips to twenty twenty one as a next gen title, like you're saying. Yeah, um, and also, I feel I have a a real uh, No Man's Sky feeling about Beyond Good mm-hmm. and Evil, where it's this franchise uh, that this is doesn't remind me of um, No Man's Sky, but it's this franchise that is beloved by a very small group of of people but somehow got adopted by gamers as a whole like the hardcore gamers to be like yeah. oh man it's beyond oh, good it just and evil turned into into this kind of like like darling right yeah it never like sold classic, tremendously really, well yeah it's a, cult it's a cult classic and they're kind of applying it to what does remind me of no man's sky which is this super ambitious idea that every time they talk about you're like yeah. whoa this yeah. sounds like i can't even wrap my head around how this is going to work yeah. Because you fly off planet and like and you're that, in, right? you fly to your ship and it's to scale and it is just like Super with No Man's ambitious. Sky, we're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. Granted, and that promised infinite worlds, and I mean, it did that, but, uh, but they No Man's Sky, of- you know, had a pretty rough launch and yeah, rough year, but then now people really like Beyond. Yeah. People oh. really like where it's at now, and it's like if Duncan Evil could feel or uh, mm-hmm. like replicate the feel and the authenticity that No Man's Sky eventually hit. Yeah. Add that to the cult classic um, of Beyond Good and Evil. It, yeah. It could be something no, special. I'm, I am excited about it, and I have faith in that team um, and the vision. Like, they know how to make, you know, an awesome game, uh, Rayman, whatever, but, um, and the last Beyond Good and Evil. It's just a, how do you make it modern? And yeah, they're, they're super ambitious, and I think that's, to your point, it's we're questioning, like, are you going to be able to pull this off? Yeah. And it's been a while, um, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I read through yesterday's news stories. You didn't cover Division 2 sales not. on PC, did you? Good. Mm-mm. Just making sure. Next story I wanted to pop in here just to represent the PC population a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody in the studio doesn't care the, except for me. Pop in there for the PC population. Andy, the PC population Love popping it in. Pirates. This comes from PC Gamer. Andy Chalk uh, rounding up this out of the earnings report uh, as well, but I thought it was a good little bite. In Ubisoft's latest earnings report, the company showed particular strength on the PC with net bookings up nearly 79% accounting for 27% of the company's total um, earnings for the year. That figure is up 18% in the previous year, and uh, along with mobile, is the only platform to increase its slice of the pie. So those are the platforms that are growing. PS4 dropped from 42% down to 36 about 6%. Uh, down Xbox One slid uh, down about three percentage points. Nintendo Switch dropped um, one percentage point. And uh, anyway, so the point is PC is up, but interestingly, Division 2 sold 10 times as many copies on Uplay as uh, the first game. 10 times as many copies on their Uplay stores as the first game. And I realized I forgot to say the headline as I was leading into this story. But um, somewhat surprisingly out of this, I thought was interesting too. Division 2 fell short of Ubisoft's console expectations, Hmm. which Ubisoft attributed in its earnings call to a, quote, more competitive environment than expected on console, I guess. Uh, On PC, however, its performance was, quote, um, in line with the first division's massive launch and, quote, drove a huge 10 times increase in sales 
over the Division One on Uplay. Now, remember, they're saying yeah. on Uplay, but you saw PC sales were way up as well. So to me, not totally surprising that PC sales are starting to going up towards the end of a generation. I mean, people want higher tech. Uh, eventually, you, you do, like... I'm hearing it now with like Rage and other games like people are trying to play on PS4 and they're like, oh, my PS4 barely runs it. Should I get a pro? Maybe I should get an Xbox One X. And then even then, sometimes stuff's not running at 60 frames a second and so on. So um, again, it doesn't surprise me. But PC also has taken an uptick recently and seen a lot of growth, especially with VR and everything beyond it. I mean, I also feel, I mean, just from uh, the way that you were describing this, this is kind of not a... Uh apples to apples situation because of course the you play on pc is going to be way more installs now yeah and it's also yeah. like that's how people are going to buy it compared to you you play on consoles right well no, no no sorry it's not compared to you play on consoles it the number is purely right because i don't think you can buy via you play or anything those are you can register your you play in consoles yeah. but you can't buy the game you got to buy it from playstation store or whatever well, right? I'm, what i'm saying is i like, can't you go on you play on a pc to buy the ps4 version I don't think that's what it's saying. And I don't even know if you can't, you can buy from the Ubisoft store, but that's not what this oh, okay, is okay. saying. I don't think it's what it's saying. Now you're confusing me. Uh, let's read this one more time just to make sure that I had it right. Uh, a 10X increase in sales over Division 1 on Uplay. This was on the PC. Well, we're going to assume it's in, like actually buying the game to play via Uplay. In other words, this doesn't account for the Epic Game Store mm-hmm. division sales, um, that number. Gotcha. So as far as I know. So anyway, the main point that I thought was interesting is there's a lot more PC and you know growth and installs. Division 2 sold quite a bit um, and was up compared to, again, what they thought might happen on PC. And I think it just, for me, it's a personal opinion, but signals mm-hmm. a little bit more. We're getting to the end of the generation. People are moving a little more towards uh, PC and higher tech, right? And now the story that I know. Tim, Before hope, we get there, oh, actually, we yet. got some breaking news coming in here. Uh, this comes from sure Borzin. Yes, uh, from <laughs> Borzin00. I, I went to Microsoft.com to verify. Sony and Microsoft to explore strategic partnership. The company is to collaborate on a new cloud-based solution for gaming experiences and AI solutions. Whoa. Uh, Sony Corporation and Microsoft Corporation announced on Thursday that the two companies will partner on new innovations to enhance customer experiences in their direct-to-consumer entertainment platforms and AI solutions. Under the Memorandum of Understanding signed by the parties, the two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to uh, or Azure, A-Z-U-R-E. Azure, they say. Azure. Believe it or not, it's Azure. And I've listened to Phil say that many times now. Azure to uh, support their respective game and content streaming services. In addition, the two companies will explore the use of current Microsoft Azure data center-based solutions for Sony's game and content streaming services. By working together, the companies aim to deliver more enhanced entertainment experiences for their worldwide customers. These efforts will also include building better development platforms for the content creator community. There's a lot more uh, going on here, but... So it, yeah, I'm, I'm, it was a lot to process at once. There part. Could you read just the top part I'm gonna again? Read, I'm going to read some more the quotes okay, okay. from them. Uh, I think they'll give us some more context. Quote, Sony is a creative entertainment company with a solid foundation of technology. We collaborate closely with a multitude of content creators that capture the imagination of people around the world. And through our cutting edge technology, we provide the tools to bring their dreams and vision to reality, said uh, Kenichiro Yoshida, president and CEO of Sony. PlayStation itself came out about through the integration of creativity and technology. Um, and we'll never forget that. RIP Final Fantasy VII on Nintendo. <laughs> um, our mission is to seamlessly evolve this platform as one that continues to deliver the best and most immersive entertainment experiences together with a cloud environment that ensures the best possible experience anytime, anywhere. For many years, Microsoft has been a key business partner for us, though of course the two companies have also been competing in some areas. I believe that our joint de- development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content Additionally, I hope that in the areas of semiconductors and AI, (laughs) leveraging each company's cutting-edge technology in a mutually uh, complementary way will lead to the creation of new value for society. That's where it's going, man. Long story Uh, short, what this means for us, it's confirmation of a streaming future that we've been talking about for mm -hmm. years now, right? Yeah. This is happening. Sony, we've known that they've needed a kind of 
better backbone than what they've had. They bought right. Gaikai many years ago, and we they were kind of the the first to the the gate when it came to um, trying out with PlayStation. Yeah, they've now. been experimenting with it for a long time, and you know it kind of didn't work in the beginning. It's been getting way better over the years, mm -hmm. but it still isn't this thing. That's a far cry from it, yeah, from Netflix right? latency free. Whereas gaming, we know. see Stadia, and they're essentially trying to promise Netflix for video games. And now we know Microsoft has been working on it for a long time. Yep. We expect to see a big blowout of that at E3. So for Sony to partner with them, I feel like this is great news for all gamers. Like this is a thing of like, great, let's share the tech. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, there needs to be some type of parity uh, between the major console uh, manufacturers because that way third parties don't need to pick and choose where they're making their games and how powerful they can make their games. If at least the infrastructure is there for PlayStation and Microsoft, then everybody's on the same playing field. So it'll be easy to develop for everyone. Yeah. This brings it back to like the PS3 and Xbox 360. 360 beat out PlayStation because it was easier to develop for. The cell processors on the PS3 just made it too difficult. Mm -hmm. So yep. moving to a cloud-based future, Sony's going to need this, and it's, it's good that it sounds like they came to a... Yep. Yeah, as I'm processing all this live. Yeah, it seems that, uh, you know, right, Mike, or Sony had to choose. We were talking about it for a while now, but how, how are they going to get their backbone set up for this? Like, inevitably, they got to go to Google or somebody, Microsoft. And it's interesting, it seems like they landed on, look, we're going to have to partner with Microsoft, the uh, uh, Azure solution. It's networked worldwide. I mean, it's it's way beyond gaming. I mean, this mm -hmm. is something that's installed at a, a very high level for major corporations. It goes to AI and, and superconductors. And it's, exactly, it's, it's everywhere. But um, it seems like they decide, they're like, look, uh, you know, keep your enemies close kind of strategy. Absolutely. But truly, partnering together, as you said, it's gonna minimize, and I was mentioning that and thinking about it so much for Stadia, but like you have to have these development environments that translate. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, how do you do multi-platform cloud yeah. gaming? Because it would be a mess otherwise. And that's where I'm wondering if Stadia is going to just be the odd one out. And I also wonder if strategically they're like, look, we're going to put all our you know uh, eggs in this basket and Stadia is going to be kind of the odd child out here maybe. But um, we'll see how I mean, you what, What's stuff. interesting there is like, of course, exclusives are important. Like we, we know that. Oh, yeah. Like look at PlayStation 4. That's why it is doing as well as it is. But third party titles are necessary for a console oh. to really thrive. Yeah. And I do feel like this is uh, really important. And also, this is really exciting news for me because I look at Microsoft and I love seeing a more collaborative Microsoft when it comes to the video game side of things because that just means that we're one step closer to Xbox Live properly being on Switch, actually getting Xbox Games Pass on Switch. What if they wanted to also get that on PlayStation? Can you imagine? Yeah. I know PlayStation would never want to do that they, right. and they would definitely lock them out. But like, I like that idea yeah that they could Microsoft I mean, believe in closer. a play anywhere like subscribe yeah. to the service we are a service yeah they'll still make hardware they'll still make ways for people to play that you know enhance yeah. the situation for Xbox fans but I, I love this yeah no it's it's really exciting to see that they are partnering for this is one of the the holy grails of gaming right now and it's going to take many more years of development but um them both working on the cloud together mm -hmm. uh, just is, is is good news for everybody like you said so should we go to the next story? Let's do it, man. All right. Mario Maker 2 news. The direct happened yesterday. A 15-minute direct hit us with an onslaught of information on what uh, we can uh, see in the anticipated Switch sequel for Mario Maker. And you should watch the entire video, obviously. There's so much like this and this and this and this and this enemy and this. Tim will go over some of those highlights because I know he's got them. Mm -hmm. um, should I read through some of the like I mean, highlights? Talk, I can kind of just go yeah. into it. Like I thought that it was an excellent direct. It's one of my favorite types of directs that uh, Nintendo lets us know what we're getting into. It's a deep dive into one title, and we're mm -hmm. going to get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. This is not necessarily for uh, people looking for big hype reveals no, yeah. or um, that aren't super interested in the game. It's people who might get the game next month exactly. or are getting it. And I thought they spent all 15 minutes very well mm -hmm. going into different features, going into what makes this game different, what makes this game better, mm -hmm. uh, what makes this game a key title in Nintendo's lineup. And, uh, you know, it starts off, and it went through the basics super quick. It was just like, hey, you make. Here's how you make stuff. Cool. Here's what's <laughs> new. You know, and then they went into it. And, it, you know, it gets kind of, it 
real, real intricate yeah. with the, you can have slopes and you can have different types of yeah. slopes. Blinking you can, blocks. You can have the moving levels, like scrolling levels mm -hmm. and the vertical speed scrolling. of all of that. There's vertical scrolling. Yeah. This was such a message to the hardcore Mario Maker community that existed on the Wii U um, that made so many amazing mm -hmm. levels. And the beauty of Mario Maker is it's not just a game where you make levels. It's not just a game where you play levels. It became a platform for Twitch streamers, YouTubers, mm -hmm. to kind of create content around, like Patrick Klepek doing their whole thing, Game Grumps doing their thing. It's like, it became this moment yeah. uh, in, in video game media of, having uh, community make levels, creators play those levels, challenges and stuff. It's really, mm -hmm. really a cool thing. Um, but one of the biggest issues I had with the, the original Wii U version of the game was the online infrastructure wasn't great. In the beginning, it was really hard to find the curated stages that I was looking for. Um, there wasn't enough filters to be able to find mm. the good levels versus the bad levels versus the hard levels mm -hmm. versus the easy levels um, and versus the auto scroll levels that were kind of more of a oh, uh, right. yeah. Rune, Rune Goldberg machine. Is that what it's called? Rune, oh, I know Rune. what you're talking about. Yeah. But like the type of things where Mario just kind of bounces around and stuff. Those are cool and they're fun. But after about five of them, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, it's like, I want to just play, play. Um, yeah. But you really couldn't search levels. And granularly. They, yeah, exactly. And it worked to an extent, but it definitely needed improvement. It looks like this has a, a lot of those improvements that we need. But more so than that, this adds Nintendo-made levels. Yes. Uh, uh, two days ago, when it was me and you talking, I misspoke and said that the Wii U version didn't have the 100 Mario Challenge. It oh, did. Right. Yeah. But the 100 Mario Challenge was just 100 random levels. What gotcha. it didn't have was the Super Mario Challenge. Mm. That's what the 3DS version had, which was, I think, 60 it was either 60 or 100 uh, different Nintendo-made levels using the tools. They announced that this Nuts. game is going to have over 100 courses made by Nintendo in a story mode. Yes. Uh, which is above that's and one beyond of the what I could wanted. have asked for. Yeah. Like, I just wanted the levels. The story mode stuff, cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I was a little concerned it was going to be focused on the building Creation. side, which yeah. I'm not, I just, I'm not into. Yeah. Um, you want but, something out of the gate to dive into and play, and play the creativity that you know is offered you versus waiting on and searching for and so on. Exactly. Right? And I feel like they did such a great job in this 15 minute thing showing off the capabilities of what people are going to be able to create. It's with crazy this, looking at all the features. Where certain, some of it's like, oh, that looks like classic Mario challenge. Some of it's like this looks more like a Zelda game in terms of the puzzles, in terms of you're in this room and you got to figure out how to get through it. Yeah. Collect the coins, collect the, right. the traps and stuff. It's like, not collect, get through the traps. I'm super, super the impressed day, night, with what they showed. Uh, the day and night mode and, thing, and that's the sun the thing and moon. Is this, a lot of people are like, oh, why are you calling it Mario Maker 2? It just looks like uh, it could be DLC for Mario Maker. And it's like, that's always a difficult line when it comes yeah. to what's a sequel and what's not. In my opinion, this is everything a sequel should be. Uh, There's nothing lacking from it that I'm mm -hmm. like, oh man, I wish it had this though. Like having the story mode, the day and night, having the sun, having the slopes, all the little details are there. But the big stuff too, the 3D worlds, um, the reveal that it's a different style. So it changes the gameplay. So it, it's not a one for one with the others, but the others are. Mm -hmm. Is uh, on the surface a bummer, but I feel like once you look into it, it's like, oh, you get two totally different gameplay styles, styles to get yeah. into. Um, I also love seeing that there was an empty slot next to the 3D world hmm. art style. So it was the four under game modes. And then. Um, Underneath it, I forgot the wording, but it was something like extra game modes or different game modes, hmm. something like that. It was plural, um, so it hinted that there's more than one at hmm. least, and we only saw one, which is Mario 3D World. I bet that it is Mario Maker, or sorry, Super Mario Brothers 2 style, which wouldn't translate to the original. Yeah, we talked about that because just it, the gameplay is just totally different, right? It's way more about picking things up and throwing them to yeah. the health system and all that, yep. or like the heart system that. Um, the other games don't have, but I feel like they know the demand for Super Mario Brothers too. It's mm -hmm. definitely a weird. Yeah, maybe they have this extra mode, and I, I can see them doing that. I can see that being a really cool big Nintendo Direct E3 reveal. Um, I might be getting ahead of myself here. Oh yeah, then maybe they'll still reveal some stuff uh, at E3. We know it's going to be at E3, by the way. So in a cool way too, having a, another Invitational. The last time they mm -hmm. did this was for the Nintendo World Championships at a uh, um, E3 twenty. 
16. Oh, wow. And um, that was so cool because that's where they did the Splatoon tournament. And um, they ended with this Mario Maker tournament. Mm -hmm. And that's when everyone went from, oh, Mario Maker looks cool to, holy crap, this game's going to be super mm -hmm. awesome. They had uh, random people play through levels for the first time and race through them. And it was like the movie The Wizard yeah. in real life. Like, <laughs> it, it was so cool. And uh, those levels were some of the few Nintendo-made ones that made it into the Wii U version. And I loved them. They were so yeah. creative, so great. Um, yeah. What's that noise? Oh, it's your your laptop sounds like it's taken off. That's funny. You can hear it. I can't. Uh, but anyways, like I, I thought that this was was all good. So you're news. pretty happy. This with game, all of it. It, it's going above and beyond what I could want. It really feels like the exact type of game I want on my Switch, which is an endless source of happiness and joy and challenge. <laughs> right? It's put it like, in quotes and put it on the box. <laughs> I, I feel like this is going to be the ultimate airplane game where mm. just download a whole bunch of levels, get on, and just go. Yep. Um, I feel like the one thing that people can kind of criticize is the online aspect mm -hmm. of it um, in multiple ways. First off, it's impressive. This is the first 2D Mario game that we're getting four-player online. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. And I love that there's multiplayer for building and for playing the levels themselves. Yeah. So that's cool. Love seeing Toadette, like the four different characters um, in the different styles, mm -hmm. like seeing Toad and Toadette in Super Mario World yeah. styles. Just like, it's so neat. So, mm -hmm. so fun for people that have been fans for decades of this stuff. Um, but the online stuff, like this game is very reliant online. Uh, you need, you need online to download the levels. You need online to share the levels. Um, and they know that. And I feel like them adding the story mode is them kind of saying like, Hey, in case is, you don't, in case you this. don't, like you still have a game there, is that worth sixty dollars? Questionable, probably not. Mm -hmm. um, but they're making the Nintendo Switch Online so cheap. Like they've already made it so cheap. Twenty dollars a year is nothing. If you get the family plan, it's even cheaper for you. You can get up to eight people. I think it's thirty-five dollars. It brings it down mm -hmm. to dollars a year per person. Yep. Right. If you have Twitch Prime, yeah. You can get, it's, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, you can give us a subscription. <laughs> but you also get a year free of Nintendo Switch yeah. Online. Uh, then they announced this other stuff where there's a bundle where you get it. There's some other deal. Yeah, where, you can buy a, a Switch, or sorry, a Mario Maker that includes 12 months, right? Yes. Which and, will stack on top of your current subscription in case you already have it. Which is great. Yeah. And then the last thing they announced is a, uh, I forgot what it's called, Nintendo Switch Game Voucher or something. Yeah, the voucher. I actually put that in deals. It, um, it's awesome. It essentially, yeah. it acts like PlayStation Plus sales do um where if you are a nintendo switch online member which as i just said is mm -hmm. very cheap to do um you can save a significant amount yeah. of money ten dollars off titles like it'll for a hundred dollars you can get two games that's right. saving you yeah. twenty dollars they say members can pick two eligible nintendo switch digital games and save up to 20 bucks when you buy a pair of nintendo switch vouchers for the hundred bucks so yeah it was you basically get 20 percent off if you do this uh as long as you select from these online and now here's games. the thing though it's like when i heard eligible titles i kind of rolled my eyes yeah, like, yeah, all right sure be? and then they showed them and yeah. it's every it's pretty good stuff single first party yeah. nintendo mm -hmm. game what else would you want yeah like this it <laughs> I was very impressed by the it's selection the of games. It was it was all of the big stuff. Odyssey, Pokemon Let's Go, yep. Mario Kart, Smash Breath Brothers, of Breath, there, Breath of the yeah. Wild, uh, Donkey Kong, Mario Party. It's like Mario Tennis. It's all of the first party mm -hmm. titles. So um, yeah. I was very impressed by that. But the, the, the multiplayer um, thing that I feel might be disappointing to people is that you can't play local multiplayer without the internet. Right. One system has to have Internet, internet connection. connection. And so I think without the, it, you can't do it. And I think the reason for that is having to download the levels. I guess so. And, and, and all of that. It yeah, is, I didn't fully is. understand that. I was like, it's called, you know, the nearby play connectivity. And it allows four players, you know, to play locally. But it said, stressed it, that one needs the connection. And I was I like, why can't you just download one of the titles and then play together? Because you need to make sure that everyone has all the levels. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is weird. I feel like this is one of those things oh, they maybe. might fix. But that's the problem mm -hmm. is, is that not all the systems necessarily have all the levels or have the levels downloaded because yeah. a lot of them are random that it's playing. I see. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the best experience and maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But I know a lot of people were excited about multiplayer versus and multiplayer co-op. Um, and there's a ranking system in there too, right? So there's a lot going on here. Yeah. I agree with you that it's not like I look at it and think, oh, I guess it's just a re-release of Mario Maker. Like they, the list of things that they've added is it's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of new stuff and I can't wait to see what people do with it. So uh, we actually got a question from uh, Born Zoo as well, actually. Is that how you say that one? Borzen. Borzen. 
Borzin. Sorry. Good morning, Tim and Fran. Mario Maker 2 Fervor has taken over the internet, and I have a few questions. The first is, how big of a presence do you think Mario Maker 2 will have at E3? And uh, it will only come out a few weeks after the event, and I felt like we just got everything that they want to share about this game before launch. The other question I have is related to wild speculation. What DLC styles do you want? Hard to say without knowing on what's coming on those extra modes, right? But, but yeah, what do you want to be there? Like, yeah, to, I mean, the tournament and a playable version, like, you're already... I mean, here's the thing is, yeah, I feel like they're going to, they're, they're knocking it out of the park. That's going to be great. I think more so it is the what DLC styles are I want in the game. Um, I, I would love if Mario, Super Mario Brothers 2 was in the game at launch um, as another um, extra style, extra game style, I think is what they called it. Extra game mode. Extra mm-hmm. game mode. That's what it was. Um, but I, and I feel like that would make a lot of sense. However, I feel like it could also be a good DLC to maybe not overwhelm people with so many different modes at launch so that we can kind of let people be creative and get really yeah, hard I mean, into the styles that we have, have the DLC later, um, hopefully free, mm-hmm. um, come out and have that be kind of a big moment that keeps this going as a service um, or as a game that like we keep coming back to. And yeah. That might be just the creative spark that people need to get back into to doing it. I think that could be really interesting. I, I'd love to see some type of fun retro Mario 64 mm-hmm. style 2D thing, but yeah. I feel like that might be too much work for mm-hmm. what it's worth. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be fantastic. Do they have any... Um there's no Paper Mario style yet, is there? There's not, but like I feel like that's just like Mario 64. It's, it's like that is so much work. Yeah, it's so different. That stuff just, the, the assets don't exist. They'd have to yeah. create those assets for blocks yeah. and for every enemy yeah. and for all of the things that like I just don't know if that's worth it. And also Paper Mario has never been a platformer. You no, know, yeah. I mean, it's still an action or action adventure RPG. Like the closest it's been was Super Paper Mario on Wii, mm-hmm. and even that was way slower paced. Yeah. It was never like obstacle based. It looks beautiful. The style's yeah. cool, and just seeing like you know how the the sprites turn and stuff like that. It's cool. The right? one thing that they still haven't done uh, with Mario Maker that there has to be a reason, um, or maybe this will be one of the game modes that they add, is an actual game creator, like. I'm going to make eight oh, levels like instead to of make a single a level. Like imagine if somebody could make a playlist yeah, like that if is you could do one, Super two, Mario, one, three, one, four. Yeah. The Fran adventures. And That'd then like, cool. you know, yeah, yeah. Actually create a game out uh, for people to play from beginning to end. Um, That'd be really cool. Make a world map, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Like all that. Now you're talking stuff. Mario Maker 3 maybe, but it's a good idea. Um, so there's even more news, Tim. Should we go through ads first and come back to some of the news, uh, or what do you yeah, think? you know Keep what, friend? That's a good idea. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood's giving listeners of Kind of Funny Games Daily a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com. Also, shout out to Brooke Linen. You spend one third of your life in sheets. It's about time for a bedding upgrade, and that's where Brooke Linen comes in. You know that Greg loves it. You know that I love it. I've been sleeping on them for years now. Very soft. I would say that they're luxury. Um, Brooke Linen was the first DTC bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with consumers. DTC, direct to consumer, baby. That's how they work. No middlemen, just a great product and service. Brooke Linen sheets are named the winner of best of online bedding category by Good housekeeping. Uh, Brooklyn is the fastest growing betting brand in the world. Their sheets don't just feel great. They look great, too. You can mix and match over 25 colors and patterns to make your bedroom look just right. Sheets are one of those things you don't really think about. But then once you get nice ones, you're like, how did I live the way that I did before? Uh, Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for you guys. You can get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code GAMES at 
brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is to use promo code GAMES at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code GAMES. Back to the show. All right, our next story, more Nintendo Switch news. I thought this was interesting. Nintendo Switch has surpassed the PlayStation 4 lifetime sales in Japan. Interesting. hardware sales. So mm-hmm. uh, here's here's the perspective on that. This comes uh, way of Business Insider, which rounded up the details. Uh, Famitsu, I believe, was the original source who had some of the, the core numbers. After months at the top of Japan's sales charts for video game hardware, the Nintendo Switch has overtaken Sony's PlayStation 4 as the country's most popular gaming console. The Switch has now sold 8.12 million units in Japan, while the PlayStation 4 has sold 8.07 million units. That's PS4 plus PS4 Pro. When I originally read this, it was like 6 point some million. Mm -hmm. And then I read another story that was like 8 million. Well, it's both hardware SKUs combined. You got to remember, Nintendo Switch is only one hardware SKU. But uh, anyway. For now. For now. Exactly. So keep in mind that the PlayStation 4 has been available for five years in Japan, while the Switch is only two years old. So that is no small feat. Um, the PlayStation 4 remains the most popular console worldwide, however, with nearly 100 million units sold, we know. But gamers in Japan account for less than 10% of those global sales. Um, in comparison, Nintendo has sold about 35 million Switch consoles worldwide, meaning roughly 20% of Switch sales come from Japan. So we'll see how those numbers change as uh, time moves on. We know Japan has been more of the mobile on the go kind of mobile has been very popular there as well. So switch makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense. And when you think of it in these terms too, you're reminded of how Nintendo arrived at the switch. It wasn't just to solve some of the problems that we're facing here. Like I want to take my system on the go. I want to play more than just on my phone, but they think a lot about Japan and they are a Japanese company. And uh, it seems like they nailed it. They're doing pretty good uh, so far for just a couple years in. I'm a little surprised at some of the numbers here. The Japan accounts for less than 10% of global sales. Yeah, When I read this again, I was like, that's why I checked. I was like, is only 8 million PlayStation 4s out of, you know, 96 million or whatever the numbers are now? I was like, wow. Like, it is yeah. such a, I don't remember what the North American and, you know, English install base, but it's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I mean, when you think about a company like Sony, who is a Japanese company, that's why it gives you probably pretty good perspective why, you know, you got Last of Us, you've got um, God of War, but like the style of games you're seeing have become such, you know, these epic, call it North American cinematic type games. I mean, games. they moved to Foster City for SIE, right? Like oh, yeah. Sony Interactive Entertainment They're more like here based now. now. Yeah. So. Which again, sales wise makes a ton of sense and they had to start thinking outside of just Japan. But we're, we're many years past it. But anyway, it was pretty interesting. Um, seems like Switch is just on a roll. We'll see though. We saw we go through um, just tremendous sales within a two or three year period and then it just died on the vine. That's a but big difference though. You never know what's going to happen. Games. All right, let's move on to our next story real fast. John Wick has a mode uh, for in Fortnite. Keanu Reeves is also finding Finally, a skin. So Fortnite has been updated today with a new limited time mode that adds John Wick to the game alongside a variety of skins. This comes from Matt Perslow over at IGN. Fortnite cross John Wick colon Wick's bounty uh, is the limited time mode available for solos, duos, and squads and awards one gold coin for every elimination scored. In addition, an elimination also bags you the number of gold coins for your victim uh, that they've amassed. So it seems like people get some gold and then you chase these people down uh i won't go into too many of the other details here but a john wick mode in fortnite i haven't got to look at it yet as part of it i saw the trailer but it was just like um it was actually a joke about we were talking to kevin about this he's like he's not already in the game um and the skin the reaper skin or whatever which has been in there forever is not actually keanu reeves why are you looking at me like that kevin you want to say something no I hate him so much. He's just so disruptive. He's been doing so well, but he's, I don't know. (laughs) He could have been staring at me like that probably for 30 minutes. And he's just peeking across the side. Anyway, I think it's cool. (laughs) I I did not expect a John Wick mode. Uh, Interesting to see they're doing even more movie crossover stuff. Uh, Disney, you know, and the Marvel stuff has been, I believe, the only thing they have really done uh, outside of the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. in general. So. I think it's cool. You don't really play too much Fortnite, right? No, so. I think they're doing such a great job. I love stuff like this, though. I feel like they're they're really kind of setting a trend for what games can be and what gaming licensed partnerships can look like. 
It's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited that it's in there. Again, like Fortnite is so ahead of the game with the amount of variety it provides. And, you know, love or hate the changes it makes to the meta. Um, and we just had this discussion, like Apex, we're not going to see any major updates until sort of like towards the end of June. And I think that's great. I think it's okay. You know, again, the t- great in the sense that the team is taking the time they have with the size of team they have. But Fortnite just, it's amazing to me how much content they're putting out. So mm. try it out. Let us know what you think. Leave uh, comments about it and we'll check it out. Or if you've already tried it, hop into the reader uh, mail section and maybe we'll still get it onto the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, last quick news story here. Sega has confirmed even more Genesis mini games. Uh, I pulled this from Polygon and Chris Plant. Thank you very much for this. Sega confirmed 10 additional games that will be included in the Sega Genesis mini. It's its take on the micro console trend. The list includes a quirky pinball spinoff, a legendary Street Fighter entry and a rare Mega Man collection that is actually three games in one. Mega Man The Wily War is a compilation of remakes of Mega Man, Mega Man 2, and Mega Man 3, all originally released on the NES. It was published on cartridge for the Japan for Japan and PAL regions, but only appeared in North America via the ahead of its time, but ultimately ill-fated Sega Channel Online service. Here's the 10 games um, that will be included. In addition, wait, what is this? Final Console will include 40 games, um, and here's you know the additional 10. Mega Man The Wily Wars, Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, Beyond Oasis, Golden Axe, Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, Vector Man, and Wonder Boy in a Monster World. Dude, killing the game. This yeah. this lineup is so it's really surprising, good. so impressive uh, for the Genesis. Like I'm not the biggest fan of the Genesis's library, mm-hmm. um, but so many of the games that I I am fans of are here or represented. Them getting Street Fighter Two and Mega Man Wily Wars that is huge for like that's them like being like you know what we're going it, all it in. It reminds me <laughs> of and I know the the licensing stuff's different, but like if the PlayStation Classic had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. You know, it's really kind of giving the fans what they're they're looking for. That's great. And also, I feel like there's a lot of games that I'd love to just jump in and play Dude. again. Vector Man, so cool. Loved its design. Was it a good game? I don't think so, but I remember it being dope as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, your memory sometimes doesn't hold up. To and Sonic the Hedgehog the Spinball was a horrible game. Yeah. So bad, but God, I had so much fun playing it. Right? Like, the physics of it were they- so... Yeah, Horrible. I think I remember as but well. But it was like, there was it something, was Sonic, novel, like, it was a novelty yeah, that yeah, I enjoyed. Absolutely. Um, Sega Genesis Mini is going to be released on September 19th. It'll cost about $79.99, and the US version includes the HDMI cable, power cable, and an adapter, and two three-button controllers. But Sega has also announced the RetroBit Sega Genesis 6-button controller will be released in August with a $19.99 price tag. Games on the Sega Genesis Mini that's support the six button gamepad includes Street Fighter 2, Beyond Oasis and Comic Zone. So pretty cool uh, for another 20 bucks you can get a little more of that um, for another 20 bucks you can experience. get one of the worst controllers ever made. It's crazy. <laughs> not, not as big of a fan of that one I see. So. Are you? The no, Sega Genesis no. controller with its mushy D-pad. No, I didn't. I didn't really like the horrible three-button layout. I don't like, remember why? it being as revolting as you're describing but I was always a Super Nintendo. I mean, so I compare just, the two. Yeah. It's like Get out of here. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason why PlayStation <laughs> controller basically was, you know, the SNES controller. Uh, other games out there, too. Remember, Gunstar Heroes, Altered Beast, Silent the Hedgehog, Shining Force, Space Harrier. Altered Beast, uh, not so much, but... <laughs> what's that? Altered Beast. great games after you said Altered Beast. Well, but, but it, nostalgia, Tim. How, how are you going to give props to, like, Sonic Pinball and then... Uh, There's a solid yeah. point, but Altered Beast should just die in a Come fire. Come on, nostalgia, dude. It need, I would say if it was not on this collection, I'd be very Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it just needs to be there. It just there. needs to be there. So you can show, you know, whatever, your your kids or friends and be like, hey, uh, this was uh, all the rage and it turns out it was a terrible game, but we loved it. Anyway, uh, Tim, yes. September 19th mm-hmm. is so far away, though. True. If I wanted to know what is coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software as listed. Wait, no. Damn it, fuck. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Counterpoint Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. He did it. He did it, everyone. I don't know. I'm trying to do uh, Greg's version. I, tried, I still screwed it up. I tried so hard to do that without looking at the, the screen, and then I got in my own head, and I just... Oh, Tim, out, I, I I'm glad to see that. The, the thing is, it's not... Like, we've never memorized it, because it's not worth it, but, like, I'll do the same thing where you, like, look down to start reading the, you know, the, the tagline. 
It's good to see after, that it doesn't just happen after to me. Gary Witta had re- read it. You know Do what? I? I don't fucking. This know. is what we're all best friends, and nobody is perfect. Especially and dude, I've screwed Kevin. that up many a time, and I'm just glad to see that but you. But it's fun did to too. laugh at Gary Witta for it. You know what's what out mean? today, right. friend? All right, let's talk about what's out today. Uh, packed. Darkwood is coming to Switch. Bubsy. Paws on fire! Exclamation mark. PS4 and PC. Daedalus, The Awakening of Golden Jazz, PS4, Switch, PC, Surviving Mars Green Planet, PC, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, Hell yeah. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Project Nimbus, Code Mirai, Switch, Dark Future, Blood Red States, PC, Octagon is coming to Switch, 39 Days to Mars, Switch, the next two are on PS4, The Padre, Guilty Gear, we got Corral coming to Switch. Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R is coming to Switch. That one was all in caps, too. You should know. Thief Sim- Simulator coming to Switch. Pocket League Story coming to Switch. The next few here are on PC. Flux. Dissonante. The Fifth Horseman. Now, you know, there were those four horsemen, and I was always wondering. Where so I'm going to have to check this one. Where's that Fifth Horseman? Well, that dead, Fifth right? Heat. Uh, is that the fifth horseman, Kevin? Well, he's not. He's not a horseman because he has you know wings. What? He flies. You just got to be the smartest guy in the room. And oh, like, we just don't the, need I'm it right now. I'm just saying. We just don't need it okay. right now. There's only four horsemen and death. I thought the death rode on the pale horse. No, that's a different thing. You're just saying that because of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I totally uh, was. I said, I know, I said I that too. I get you, dude. I All right, let's you. finish up the list. Uh, <laughs> leaving off at the fifth horseman is coming to the PC. We have Iron Irony. What? I, <laughs> sorry, I needed to practice saying this one. Irony Curtain from Metroshka with Love. Metroshka, whatever. On PC and Mac, you've got Tubetastic World Splash Fest on PC. Adventure Cup on the PC. I feel like that was the, the most rousing. You did good. What's coming out in good. recent times. Tubetastic uh, World Splash Fest. That Jesus. just does not sound like something no, that I want to check out. So. Um, real quick. Deals of the day. Um, wanted to point out, we already talked about the Nintendo Switch voucher, so you know about that, but uh, just came in hot off the presses this morning, I think, is Epic Stores having a mega sale through uh, June 13th. Uh, kind of their own version of Steam Summer Sale. So, mm. they're man, they're going for the throat. And so, um, you a know, sale this- the week through June 13th, that tells me we're about to get a lot of deals and sales during E3. That's right. A lot yeah. of announcements being like, you can get it on sale on Epic. That's a good point. It's right through the uh, the end of E3 there. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see a lot of those announcements. But uh, as an example, and I pulled some of this info from Polygon, every game on the Epic Game Store storefront is pr- that is priced over $14.99 will be 10 bucks off. So quick math there, four ninety nine, cool. if that's what it was. With some titles discounted even more. Plus, Epic is doubling down on its free game strategy with a new free title every week during the sale. Free games every week, which normally, what is it, one a month or every few weeks? or But they're just... Um, Tons of stuff happening there. Cool. So as an example, Borderlands 3 right now, I believe it's 50 bucks instead of 60 And John Wick Hex is only $7.99 instead of $19.99. There's actually quite a few things listed in there. It's worth checking out if you're on PC and use the Epic Game Store. And I've had this question come up before where it's like, wait, like, you know, the developers aren't going to make as much. I, I mean, I'm quite sure this is all marketing money from Epic. They're mm-hmm. going to, you know, eat the costs. And um, the developer, of course, is still going to make just as much. Trust me, they wouldn't put these games on sale that much if the developers weren't cool with it so should we get into reader mail let's do it man let's do it let's see we already read about mario maker let's take what do we think um let's go to mark yeah i like mark's yeah, question you want to read that one mm-hmm. oh, you want me to read yeah, it, why you read it? Hi guys, with the amount of rumors about any amount of upcoming unannounced games, why do so many people fight with the idea whether said games will release on current generation or next generation? You have 90 million PS4s in the wild. I simply cannot see any sane publisher skipping all of those potential customers to cater for a couple million PS5 customers. Am I missing something here? Yeah, no, I don't think you are missing something. Like we hear this a lot as like, um, you know, we've even heard it when GTA has been releasing on the edge of life cycles and it's like, yeah, there's like 90 million PlayStations in the wild. Like, of course, it's going to be a current gen system. But, you know, you do have to invest. So the reason why people look at next gen as well, though, is that if you're right there launching, you're a hit, your potential sometimes is to rise above and sell more. Um, if you're maybe a newer title or a newer IP or whatever it is. But um, what do you think, Tim? 
I think uh, you you are missing something here, and that thing <laughs> is uh, the future that we've been talking about this whole episode and many other episodes, which is cloud gaming, uh, which is the idea of what is next generation. I think that you're right in saying why would somebody want to release Last of Us Part Two on PS5 when there are 100 million PS4s in the wild, but I think that they'd want to release it as close to the PS5 as possible if there was an enhanced for PS5. Um, situation going on where you buy the game, you can play it on either, or you buy the game and it is just a well, subscription to the cloud, or Best of some worlds. some type of thing. And I, I do think that that's the the world that we're moving towards. Um, I feel like it's you, all but confirmed on the Xbox side of things, um, but I feel like the PlayStation side, like we're gonna see a very interesting PS5. Like I feel like once the thing's announced, like it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna make things a lot clearer on uh, I, what their plans are for the future. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you that if I'm hearing you right, there's more of a strategy now more than ever, especially with how PCs are becoming more prevalent, but potential of cloud gaming and different versions of um, one game that maybe looks better on other systems, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, it sounds to me like you're saying that's a little more critical for PS5. So for Last of Us, it's probably a shoe in. And But I would still point out that it does take quite a bit of development time to get that stuff done. And so when you have teams struggling to finish it, I don't think it's as easy as just saying, though, that, it, oh, yeah, it'll be there as well. well you know see, what I mean? I like, mean, people keep saying that, but it reminds me a lot of the uh, when we were leading into the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, there was so much conversation about, like, what are de- developers going to do? It's like, it's not as easy as just having a slider. Look at the last couple of years. Turns out it's not that well, much more difficult. But see, I don't. it's funny. I, I was thinking that's where your head was at. And I don't totally disagree. Like God of War on the PS4 Pro. Um, and just imagine if there was a full on next gen system that they could have ported it to. I mean, they got it running closer to 60 frames, which is the way I play. Um, and it was awesome. I was like, oh my God, like I didn't expect this. And just to have that difference, that alone, mm-hmm. I would have rather bought, you know, call it a next gen version just for a higher frame rate. But I, again, would still point out that when you look at, especially flagship titles, like if you want to demonstrate the power of that SSD that's coming with mm-hmm. it and the, all the other stuff, like you want to really craft and spend time on all the little stuff instead yeah, of just I, I making just think, it, because like on PC, it is just a slide. But that little but, stuff just doesn't doesn't move the needle in the mainstream to, way. Like yeah. that's the thing is like we're talking about, it always goes back to the good enough is good enough. Right, mm-hmm. it just needs to work. I feel like all this, the flashy numbers, the the FPS, <laughs> the HDR, and that stuff that matters to to a huge community of gamers. Myself being definitely one of them. I'm all about the tech. I care about that stuff so much. Mm-hmm. But that's why I own a PS4 Pro and an Xbox One X, and I've seen how the games look on one versus yeah. the original version of the console. Because at the studio, we have all of those systems, and yeah. I've had to play games like. Literally, like back to back, and I'm like, "Whoa, there is a, a there's a difference here." But good enough's good enough. Yeah, I I'm like only fifty percent with you on this one because I just don't want you to de- not you in general devalue the power of these new systems, and you want them to be special and get true remasters, or whatever it is. But um, but, but I, I hear you, you because you got to put stuff in the that's cloud. That's the last thing I want. The last thing I want is have to to buy Last of Us Part Two again. No, to buy Death Stranding but, again. But what I'm saying is that I, I, what I don't want is something at half measure. First, it depends on the situation, Tim. If you're talking Rage 2, well, then yeah, like I, I play it on PC. That's the slider effect. But if it's Last of Us 2, then no, maybe I want to wait. Like, I don't know if it takes a year and a half after it's you're out. You're crazy. That's it, you're going to wait? I, if it means getting like suddenly whatever maybe the hair it, effects are oh nuts God, the, no the rain effects have been completely cha- no like but that's how it works um you want it Timmy's to still take serious, right? you want it to take full advantage is all i'm saying and Absolutely, it's not as always. easy as just putting a slider on and i, mean, I know you know that. i'm not saying it's as easy yeah. as like i'll just do it but i mean people are proving it's like that's where we're at right now and they're doing it no and i and, and I, I feel like with what they've been building towards and especially when you add all the cloud stuff especially out in the news that we just got today of them partnering yeah. with azure uh <laughs> they Right. Azure. Azure. <laughs> they I feel we're we're seeing with the with PlayStation's ecosystem that they understand um the value in in going down that path with they have the best games in the business right now. We know that Days or that sorry, not Days Gone. Last of Us 2 is gonna be great, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they be looking towards the future with it? 
Yeah, and I agree gen. with you that they are. And, and, and the true answer, by the way, is that I want the best of both. Like what I don't, or using the God of War example, I do just want, it's higher fidelity and uh, the frame rate was locked at 60 and I would pay for at the same time of release. I'll just get the next gen version. And maybe it doesn't look drastically different, mm-hmm. but it's got those features. I'm like, it's just a little sharper and I would be totally down for that, like you're saying. But part of me also wants to take something like God of War, but really what happens if they completely redid it um, as best they could with hardware that is like six years newer, right? Then I guess, I mean, so, here's, here's my thing though with that is I feel like I'm specifically talking about Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, and Last those of Us titles, 2. Which are right on the which cusp. I can see them being, they come out on PS4, but they're enhanced for PS5 mm-hmm. in the same way that games come out for Xbox, but they're enhanced for Xbox One X. But then, yes, in a couple years, we get Ghost uh, God of War 2, and that is built from the ground up for PlayStation 5, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you... But, I just don't want to have to buy Last of Us Part 2 remastered on PS5. Th- those days need to be done. <laughs> See, I, I get what you're saying. I don't totally disagree, but like if it's... So if I play, I guess the example is... Here's where I'm at with this. I mean, we don't know when PlayStation 5 is coming. And so Last of Us, for all we know, is out before next March. Mm -hmm. There will be no PlayStation 5 by then. So like in your world, potentially you're saying like, oh, but then maybe that next November or a year later, there is another Last of Us. You're going to run into it anyway, other than maybe one of these titles. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's the thing is like what I'm arguing is not all three of them are necessarily going to have that because yeah, we need to get games before the PlayStation 5 comes out. Yeah. So maybe those games <laughs> don't have the enhanced for PS5 thing or maybe they do. Maybe mm-hmm. let's say Last of Us Part 2 comes out late this year, mm-hmm. right? But at launch of PS5, whenever it comes out, it a big marketing push is, hey, enhanced some for PS5. Key PS4 games, God of War, mm-hmm. Last of Us Part 2 are enhanced day one. Yeah. Yeah, and they all PS5. run 4K 60, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, and yeah, no, that's what I, I'm talking about. And again, I would, I'd be, I'd like that, but I would also, and not it being half measure, I would want to see a full remaster, say of, yeah, maybe I got a war, or whatever, like fully diving in that the particles and all of the stuff no. were fully realized. No, I disagree. Ah. It is so much more powerful, and there's things that you can do without just flipping a switch but we're Dude, we're getting into when, the weeds but here. when that happens, we both want the same thing when roughly. that happens though friend is that's what we when we go a whole generation without getting a new grand theft auto game no that's why i'm saying like i, I kind of want both i don't want to wait forever but i do genuinely want a god of war that sits in between that's remastered before it's going to be four or five years from now or whatever for god of war 2 from that studio and so something in between that's fully taking advantage of the new features but patch it we're speculating because maybe figure it out sony because maybe some of these developers they're like the PS5 is so easy to develop for, and now it looks amazing. So, all right, let uh, let me get to a little uh, rotating segment here. Um, this one is a required reading of a different kind, perhaps. But uh, today is Global Accessibility Awareness Day, or GAAD. Uh, so to honor it, let's take a moment to recognize the gamers and publishers who support the cause. You can look for the hashtag GAAD or A11Y to help spread this awareness. Again, this is uh, accessibility of all kind for gamers that have certain disabilities and um, celebrating their cause and people who support it. So get out there and make sure to take just a moment to spread this awareness. It won't take long to retweet something or just uh, reply to something and and make somebody's day a little bit better. But also the real goal here is, and we hear it so often, I hear it all the time in my Twitch chatter. People are like, oh, you know, are there certain features, whether it's for sight or if it's for, you know, the way that your hands work. I mean, people have disabilities of all different kinds and we need developers thinking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this came up more recently, obviously, because of Sekiro, you know, uh, being so hard. And there was a big discussion as well about accessibility and feeling like that game maybe was removed um, from them. So anyway, get out there, support the cause. Also, one of our very own best friends, Steve Saylor, um, has a YouTube channel. You can check him out at youtube.com slash snowball. But uh, he's a blind gamer and he actually does plays and you can go support him there. He's worked with Ubisoft before. He's been on this show many times. There you go. Um, so so be, be sure to support him. <laughs> and frankly, Microsoft's been doing such a good job in this world. So to steal their line, uh, when we all play, we all win. And it's, it's such a good cause. So get out there and be sure to support it. Um, Squad Up is coming in from Griffin on the PlayStation 4. Uh, it's Griffy D-Pad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. Griffy D-Pad. What's he, he have to say, Fran? He, this is his words. I don't know. I'm lonely. 
So, Sabor Griffin, he had a question that came along with this as well. D-pad, hit him up on PSN. (laughs) Help the guy out. Brighten his day. Uh, All right, now it's time for your wrong, friend. Let me let me yep. tell you what we screwed up. Uh-oh. Uh oh, it's pretty good stuff. Nanobiologist, shout out to you. Thank you for coming in clutch as you always do. He has uh, about five different things he put in here. Uh, Nanobiologist says Tim and Gary yesterday forgot about Just Dance, probably being one of the three unannounced titles oh, for God. Ubisoft. Just it's annualized Dance. franchise that's always at oh. E three. I don't think that they're counting that as one of the AAA titles. If um, it is, actually, I would just, I would agree plan? with Nano. You think? That's a huge money well, maker I, I for them, that, and it was a financial report. Yeah, but I don't think that they call that tri- AAA, though. I think they do. Yeah, I don't I'm think they do. I think that that counts as a, a lot of sense, I'm forgetting dude. the word, but the... Um, a cash cow. What, what's the mobile side, the mobile division? There's a name for it uh, that know. Ubisoft has. It'll pop it's not right? AAA, but it's like it's a um, evergreen or something like that. Like there's a... No, a, like a It might be evergreen, yeah. I don't know. We'll see, but I don't think it is. Um, and then now biologist also says, no, you cannot buy console games on the PC. You play app. You can buy them on the Ubisoft store. The store is comparing. The story is comparing sales from previous. You play PC app sales from division one and to Epic store. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, now biologist says, yes, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. Rube. The crazy contractor. I, I didn't know if it was rune or Rube. You it's had Rube. it, but the fact there that you, you like pointed it out, I thought was still great. Yeah. But he, he, he's helping me. And, uh, the Super Mario challenge had a hundred levels. Yeah. You said so 60 to hundred. I thought it was 600. So there you go. Thanks, Boom. Now biologist, his last one, the four horsemen <laughs> of the apocalypse are famine, conquest, war, and death. Death rides on a pale horse and conquest is on a white horse. You heard it, Kevin. Oh shit. Now you know. Fuck. No spoilers. Holy G2 no says on the Epic Games E3 point, Epic Games is sponsoring the PC gaming show hosted by Day9 at E3. So, yeah, probably going to get a lot of those deals there. Um, and then Brandon Hofer says Epic yeah. gives out one free game every two, every weeks, two weeks in their store when there isn't a special so deal going twice on. twice as fast. And then finally, this is a little uh, editorializing, but I like it here. Spencer says, in regards to the Epic mega sale, Mike Bithel has confirmed that Epic is footing the bill in terms of the savings. This means the devs would get just as much money and isn't taking a hit in terms of revenue. Yep. Another developer-friendly move on Epic's end of things. There you go. Cool and stuff. I pointed out John Wick Hex, so that was perfect. I think that's it for today's show. Tomorrow... Greggy's back as it's far the return. as return and Andrea, dude. Yep. Whoa. No for Andrea tomorrow. No for Andrea. Andrea. But Tim, even more importantly. Oh yeah. Today, many of you know Division Two raid launched and oh, unfortunately yeah. did the show today, but more than happy to. <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> That's not why I'm not doing a division raid world's first attempt because Greg and I are playing tomorrow night. Hell yeah, you are. Around six or seven PM. Check me out on Jesus Twitch. Christ. Wow, we've got some action outside the kind of funny studios. It's just a policeman yelling at someone that's not moving their car, right, Kevin? Are we all right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Move it's just like, car. we need you to move your car. Man, but it was really chill loud. the fuck out. And just when I was trying to do my self-promo. Do, do it again. again. Twitch.tv <laughs> slash FM3 underscore. Greg and I. Greg, kind of funny the- clan. <laughs> Yeah. We are all playing together tomorrow night, eight person raid. It's going to be epic. Uh, again, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Tune in, support us. It's going to be awesome. Tim, anything else before we close it out? Nah, man. That's it. Get hyped. It's been a, been a fun week, but a fun Maker adventure. Two. Hell Coming yeah, dude. Let's soon. go. June 8th. E3. 28th. Can't wait to be there. All right. We'll see you all soon. Kevin, the pale horse rides.